BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Offensive Points, fellow possums. We are here with the passel. That is my fellow friends, Josh. You can follow him at Josh Hall STL. And Billy, you can follow him at Ombre Vendor. Myself, you can follow me at OP Joe with two E's. And together, we are Offensive Points. We are part of the IDP Army. So follow us on Twitter. We're doing drafts all the time. I'm sure one will open up soon. So if you want to get in a draft with your boys, get on there and... Uh, Holler at us. Um, we're going to go over a lot of stuff today, mainly the uh, AFC East, NFC East. NFC East. Eagle Switch Divisions. Nailed it. So, real quick, though, guys, do your research now. Feel out the players that you really like right now because Matthew Barry can single handedly catapult someone up 30 spots, and it's getting to be that time. So, the before you buy into the hype, Write down the players you like now. See where you feel comfortable drafting people because we're going right into the draft season and these ADPs are going to go off the charts, especially when they get on Fantasy Pros and all that stuff here. So we're here to cover people. If you have any questions, let us know. Get on the Patreon. We've got rankings. We're, we'll have them up, you know, preseason. Went three, four weeks here. Well, we already have our rankings up now and we will have more. So ask us questions if you need. We're more than happy to help you. Um Josh, Billy, some big news today. Um, what's up? Yeah, so let's get right to it. The uh, Cleveland Browns have officially traded Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. Hashtag keep pounding. Um, so they uh, only had to trade a fifth-round pick and half the salary. And that's all that you know. Carolina needed to give up for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Joe, do you want to start out with this? Um, I don't really have much uh comment on this other than i'm you know it doesn't move the needle very much for me i'm glad the panthers finally have a semblance of a quarterback on their team but uh, i've never seen a player and an organization screw something up so bad at the same time 
Baker should have never said what he said. The uh, management should have never said what they said. And uh, the whole process got them a fifth-round pick for a first overall pick. So it's uh, not great. Not great. I will say that this is the best case scenario for Baker at this moment. I don't think there's a, a better team he could have went to. Seattle is quite a dumpster fire at the moment. Um, Denver wouldn't have succeeded as much as they will with Russell Wilson with him there. I mean, that probably would have been the better situation, but Carolina does have some offensive weapons and they do have a pretty good defense. Uh, can't remember how the offensive line is, but I don't think it's terrible. So should be protected back there. Hopefully he's fully healthy. I'm wishing him the best, but I just, I think everybody needs to relax a little bit. It's still Baker Mayfield. He's still just a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. People are going to be like drafting him a lot higher. He's probably going to be going. I, I, I have a feeling people will, and people will be drafting DJ more higher. And I'll be like, calm down, pump the brakes. Like, so, I, I mean, okay. Before we get into the offense point, point of this, obviously your boys got a new team. So I will be exclusively covering the Carolina Panthers this season, which will be a blast because I am a Baker Mayfield fan. And as far as I can tell, he is the best QB on this roster because who's he going against? Sam Darnold, PJ Walker. They already Matt, came out and said Matt there Corral. will be a competition in camp. And I appreciate them saying that. And I, I get that they, they think that this is going to be a competition, but I'm just happy that Baker is easily going to walk into this job. So, just before we move on, let's just get to the offensive talent real quick. I think we can all say that DJ Moore looks better now than he did than he with Sam Darnold. Joe, you're shaking your head no. You don't think he looks better with DJ Moore? Or with I, I think Baker? it's a lateral move, honestly. Yeah, I think it's a lateral move. You, you I don't, don't think Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are the same quarterback? Like, I don't. Did we no, all watch I, the same Sam Darnold? Horrible, but what wide receivers has Baker Mayfield shown that he can support consistently? I mean, honestly, Terrace Marshall is probably the biggest you know winner in all this because yes. he is the third receiver on the team, which is what Baker Mayfield strives yeah. to. Yeah, uh, he will slot right into Rashard Higgins' role and you know give you a couple <laughs> twenty-point fantasy games, and uh, I think it exactly. helps out Christian McCaffrey a lot. I mean, I think. That's probably the because the defense at least has to respect the pass now. Where with Sam Darnold, you really didn't have to that much. So if he can stay healthy, I think it helps out the running game. I don't expect much of a bump from these wide receivers. Uh, DJ Moore had 1,100 yards last year. I mean, I don't see him getting better from that. I think it'll be around that, if not a little lower, which is fine. I mean, it's good for DJ Moore. Oh, okay, um, but you say a little lower. Why? He he was having PJ Walker, Cam Newton, and Sam Darnold throw him the ball. Baker's better than all of them throwing the ball right now. Is he though? I mean, do we have this, to have this, this is the kind of time dude, we talk about Baker Mayfield? Dis- this is the kind of disrespect that is just unbelievable. Baker like, Mayfield couldn't make Odell Beckham work, but yeah, he went to the Rams and did just fine. But Odell Beckham couldn't make Landry okay. work. Landry Odell Beckham fine. was also playing behind Cooper Cup, the best wide receiver in all of football last season. Pretty easy to look good behind a great wide receiver. Well, having such a good run game, you'd think that the Baker Mayfield would do a little bit more, but it was more of a game manager. So I don't, I, I see him being an upgrade to uh, our boy Sam Darnold, but I don't see our it boy. As a, our boy. Well, I just feel like we talk enough. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm glad you all Sam Darnold fans are finally coming out because I, I believe 
that this is a wild upgrade so what do over you Sam think, Darnold. What do you You're think? the Baker Mayfield guy. What do you think? Like, where's his stats at? You just keep 3, yelling at us. 3,700 yards easily. That's that's not that good. 3,700, 3,800. Well, he's got to be throwing the ball to somebody. Who's going to catch him? How many touchdowns? Uh, probably 28 to 30. Wow. All right, can I talk? Can I talk about who the biggest winner is before I keep getting interrupted by Baker Mayfield Stan over here? Thirty-eight hundred and thirty biggest... touchdowns is not like a crazy mark to get to. Now you're getting, now you're, well, thirty-seven hundred—that's fine. Um, all right. Anyway, the biggest winner of this trade is Matt Corral because he gets to learn from a veteran presence that doesn't suck, and Matt Corral will take over in two years. Matt Corral is not going to be on this team very much longer. That's my that's my homer take. He has a better chance of getting traded than he well, does. I mean, playing. whether it whether it because what they need Carolina to do helps him in another place. That's the thing. They need a draft quarterback, but they didn't. Why do they need to a draft a quarterback? Team. They have Baker. I agree, but I'm saying what they needed to do. They needed to draft a quarterback, and they drafted Matt Corral in the fourth round, and he's not the answer because this quarterback class sucked. So they went this route, and I don't mind it. I mean, this is a, a viable a team. Move. It's an upgrade, but it's a lateral move for the wide receiver. I mean, DJ Moore is not going to go out there and get 1,500 yards. I like it for so real how, football. So what, I don't what does like it mean it's an upgrade? Fantasy. How is it an upgrade for a quarterback, but it also is a lateral move for wide receivers? It's a lateral move Who for DJ he Moore. The ball he's going to get the same amount of yardage. It's not going to be – he's not going to get 500 more yards because Baker made How many there. yards do you think Sam Darnold was going to throw for this year? About the same as Baker. But it's an upgrade. Darnold was going to start, but – I would say about the same, if not a little bit more, for Baker. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't think Baker's that good. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't. What, what do, you, what is your Baker definition? Baker average like thirty six hundred yards and like twenty three touchdowns a year. It's true, and I mean, he's been in a run first system, and he's been coached by like Freddie Kitchens and others. So I, I could see how we would get to that conclusion. I'm not saying he's going to light the world on fire. Not saying he's going to come out and throw for four thousand yards. Not saying that. But is he an upgrade over Sam Darnold? Does it make the rest of the team around him better that he's going to be there rather than Sam Darnold? Yes. I think it's better for him. I was not going to draft DJ Moore, and now I probably will, if that makes you feel any better. I just don't think DJ Moore is going to get 300 more yards than he has ever gotten because it's Baker Mayfield. I don't think he clings on to one guy. Like you said, Terrace Marshall, whoever their tight end is. I don't think Robbie Anderson's the guy. And that's the other thing is these tight ends, it's Ian Thomas and – Tommy Trimble. I don't think either of those guys are very, very good either. So I don't, I don't know. This is, this is going to be an interesting situation. I do have a new offensive coordinator. They got rid of Joe Brady. Here's the whole thing in this weird thing is Joe Brady's system literally fits Baker Mayfield. So to get rid of Joe Brady and then bring in a quarterback that would succeed under Joe Brady is kind of weird. And also can we, another weird part of this is Matt rule is probably getting fired at the end of the season anyway unless they have a playoff run. So again, you're going to bring in Baker Mayfield, which it's only the one year. So he'll be a free agent after the season and you're going to give him a new coach. Potentially it's, it's weird. This is just a weird situation for Carolina. I don't really get it. All right. Well, next up on the NFC South, let's talk about the Tampa Bay. <laughs> talk of news of the day, man. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I don't know. I talk like about more, for, East, but... more for real football than fantasy. That's yeah. I think, I mean, we'll get to this when we get to the NFC South. Like, obviously, the, the Buccaneers are still miles better. I mean, not even close. Um, I think this does make them better than the Falcons, but the Saints and Panthers, it's probably still the Saints if we're looking at it. But 
we'll talk more about that when we do get to the NFC South. I actually um, think they're I think they're a lot closer than you think all three of them. I don't to think the Saints? Any, no, I think all three of those teams are closer to each other than you'd think. Carolina. Oh, really? Falcons. I think the Falcons they're not great, but they have potential. Like they have I just talent don't think, I just, the team. The thing the with the Falcons is, the is they need to tank. Like I I think yeah. even if Mario starts playing well, you still you got to put Ritter out there then <laughs> because you can't win. Yeah. We've you seen need to get one of those do bad. We've seen Carolina do bad. We've seen Atlanta do bad. I think that all of them, if the chips fall correctly, can do decent. But yeah, I think you're right. Atlanta does need it. Well, let's be honest. This whole season for the Panthers is determined by one player on that team, and it's not Baker Mayfield. CMC. If he stays healthy, we'll see what Carolina can do. Anyway, let's move on to the EF- NFC East. Uh, everybody out there, I am, I am apologetic for what's about to happen to your ears this this episode because we have the Eagles stand of the century. Oh, it's going to get real with bad. us tonight. But luckily for your for you, we're not going to start with the Eagles. So we're actually going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Josh, take us to Dallas. We them boys, or so they were. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, the Cowboys, I, I've seen a lot of hate for the Dallas Cowboys this year. And offensively, they lost Amari Cooper. And I don't understand why the fade of Dak Prescott is happening because honestly, it hurts him a little bit. Yeah, there's some targets gone and there's some yardage gone, but CD Lamb is meant and poised to step up. The trading for James Washington is a very underlooked uh, activity that they did. <clears throat> and then Gallup has been, has had some shades of uh, greatness, just never had the actual chance. So, and then of course, the drafting of Jalen Tolbert. So their wide receiver room is fine. CD Lamb, I actually really like his value in drafts right now. Uh, I look forward to getting him in the what third, fourth round. And I know that people are worried. Oh, he's never done it yet. And I was like, he's done fine behind as the wide receiver two. He'll do fine as the wide receiver one. And then the uh, co- most correct thing I've ever heard Billy talk about ever was Tony Pollard and how he's going to be the next guy up. Go draft him. Uh, he's going in like the eighth or ninth round right now. Maybe a little bit different. Uh, that might be uh, our boy Matthew Berry bump there. So watch <laughs> out for that. Uh, but Zeke, I actually, I'm not, I'm not against getting Zeke. It's just, you got to let him slip. Don't draft him at his current value. I think it's right around the third round right now. I'm not upset about that, but just don't expect to get the Zeke of old, but at the same time, he's going to be playing to either play for a new team next year or try to show that he's still got some life in the tank. So be careful. They just ran him into the ground the first three years. And that's unfortunate, but, uh, offensive line still intact. So don't worry about that. Uh, but Dak, I think is actually a lot higher in my rankings than your guys's rankings. We haven't done those in a while, but, um, I have him as like a top five quarterback and I think he will continue to be because I think that Dallas is going to be playing a lot of let's get the ball downfield fast, um, this year. And they might be, uh, in tune to go grab one of those veteran wide receivers that are just sitting out there. So, um, I, I think Julio Jones has actually been tied to them as well. So what do you guys think about this offense? Uh, I mean, Zach's going is the QB 11 on underdog right now, which you're right is kind of bogus because he's going to throw. I mean, that's what that team does. Um, I really like the value you're getting on him. Uh, CD lamb. Yeah. Tony Pollard, you're going to see creep up and Zeke is someone's going to take him high. They shouldn't take him high. Don't let that guy be you unless you get a crazy value on him. Uh, Jalen Tolbert is very exciting, especially at the first part of the season. Uh, I think James Washington and him, they're probably going to go with the younger guy because James Washington really didn't do a ton on the Steelers, but it'll be interesting to watch. I'm excited to watch this offense this year, especially without Amari Cooper in it. 
For sure. And I think Dak Prescott is, I think people are still worried about how he kind of was down the stretch last season. He was also hurt guys. Like let's just be honest. He is healthy now. Like it's, it's not going to be the same as we saw when he was struggling against Denver and stuff. It just wasn't, wasn't the hundred percent Dak Prescott that we're all used to. That was to painful seeing. to watch. It was painful to watch. And I think that's, it's really seeped into his ADP going into this next season. He's not that guy. Like yeah. he is closer to what he was two years ago rather than what he's been, you know, was last year. So I think we just need to, you know, relax, chill the break. They're going to let him run a little bit more now too. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, they're still worried about what happened to him in that one game where he snapped his ankle and I get it. But uh, as far as back to the wide, uh, wide receivers, when CD lamb moved his locker next to Dak Prescott's, I think that kind of solidified that you need to be you're you're too low on CD Lamb is kind of what we all said in our uh, on Twitter. Um, so CD Lamb needs to be one of the guys that you're focused on this season because they're going to throw and throw and throw and throw and throw and throw to him because Michael Gallup might not be ready week one. He snapped that ACL in week 17, so there's a good chance he's not ready week one. So that should just be all the more fire to put. Uh, your draft with CD Lamb. So, and I also did a, you go that way. I also did a disservice to not mention Dalton Schultz. He is perfectly valued where he's at. Number six tight end. Um, take him as the fifth, the seventh, the eighth, wherever you can get him there. Just don't reach on him. Don't draft him with the Mark Andrews and Kelsey. Um, also, don't reach on Pitts. We'll get to that later, though. But, um, see, I think I think Dalton Schultz might be my favorite value at tight end this year. I would put him above Kittle. I'd put him right behind Andrews. I'd probably have him at the third side end right now, just based on opportunity and being tied to a guy mm-hmm. like Dak Prescott. You know, with Cooper clearing out of there, they lost Lael Collins, so I don't think he's going to have quite as much time to let those plays set up, and Dalton Schultz runs those insides that are going to be uh, perfect for that offense. So I like Dalton Schultz a lot. I'm, I'm okay with him being the third or fourth tight end off the board. I have no problem with that, but just don't do it right after the other two or three. Don't be like, oh, Kelsey went. I was hoping to get him. Oh, Mark Andrews went. Okay, I'm getting Dalton Schultz. Wait a couple rounds. Grab two running backs, two wide receivers, or however you like to mix and match your guys, and then go grab Dalton Schultz after that. Do not reach for him. I, I don't think you'll have to is the thing. I don't think anyone's going to – people are going to grab Kittle before him. People are going to grab Pitts before him, and they'll probably grab him in that like third round area – I mean, it's always different depending on what league you're in. I've I've seen him go way too early, and and honestly, I've seen him slip down to the you know seventh eighth round. So, so would it shock either of you if Dalton Schultz by the end of the season was the second leading receiver on this team? Would that shock no. you? No, I mean, I, I think that's very reasonable. Jalen Tolbert's got some time to do something. J- James Washington's more of a support guy. I would count him as the wide receiver two or three. I'd like to see Gallup be that guy because I, th- I think everyone knows he can be, but it's just we got to see what happens first. Like, yeah, how, how I just think covers. in the in the realm of possibilities, Dalton Schultz potentially being the second leading receiver on this team should excite people out there to like, hey, you're going to get a value at tight end. You don't have to take one of the top guys because Dalton Schultz, if he's the second leading receiver on the team, he could easily be in the conversation for tight end one by the end of the season. If that was I mean, to he's usually going like player. five to seven round five round seven. So especially, you know, an underdog now, again, you know, this is the beauty of drafting this time of year and setting up your players this time of year, because 
they're people are going to catch on to the Dalton Schultz. I mean, the targets vacated from last year, huge, just with Mari Cooper leaving. Yep. So, and Cedric Wilson for that matter. So, mm-hmm. Jalen Tolbert kind of reminds me a lot of Cedric Wilson. He probably will slot into that role, but they really don't have any, you know, big two like they had with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. So, Dalton Schultz is your wide receiver two essentially on that team, which is great value at tight end and you know the other tight ends guys are really scaring me this year i don't i don't like kittle i don't like Pitts where they're going i don't so dalton schultz is perfect yeah i actually do like kittle a lot we'll get into that when we get into the division but i feel like everyone hates kittle and it's just it's the weirdest thing he's he proves it over and over again that he's a phenomenal tight end so we'll get into that later but i'm done no. i'm done okay joe Get us on to the defense. So the defense, I mean, the big one you're looking at here is Micah Parsons. He is probably one of the top three, top four defensive players drafted currently. If he maintains that DL, LB eligibility, you know, it's really hard to beat that. He is a freak of nature. He said he was going for uh, the sack record this year, and I have no reason to believe he can't come close to that. He's absolutely awesome. As far as the other linebackers go, you know, they rotate them a lot. They re-signed Vander Esch for a one-year contract. They brought in Jabril Cox, who – Jabril Cox is sneaky. Um, definitely someone you want on your radar right now. Uh, Vander Esch has been – you know, Jalen Smith is the one that got cut last year, but Vander mm-hmm. Esch hasn't been proving much better with the injuries and the lack of solid play. Jabril Cox could, could really sneak in and kind of run the middle of that defense there for a while. The only other guy I'm really excited about is Jaron Curse. I think he showed it last year how valuable he is to that team. And they flip-flopped a lot of guys last year through that strong safety position, but he seems to have uh, taken that over. So I expect a big year from him. And Demarcus Lawrence, how could we ever forget about him? Adding Dante Fowler is a solid move. Um, you know, It's kind of lateral from Randy Gregory. Um, when Randy Gregory actually played, I think he was just as effective. So... I like I like Lawrence, but there's not a ton of defensive depth on this team that I'm really that excited about outside of those four guys. I like the value that you're getting for Lawrence, though, because we're in a dynasty draft right now at 22 and he's still on the board. So um, he's always he's always been one of those value guys, though. I think that first breakout year, everyone was hyped about him. And ever since then, you can snag him real late. Yeah, he had a couple injuries and he's not you know, kind of came back to full form. But I think that this defense is going to have to make some plays. One person I want to tell you not to draft. And I mean, you can just don't reach for him where he's probably going. Trayvon Diggs. That man is not going to have. I was going to say, let's have the Trayvon Diggs discussion. I was going to bring him up next. Um, I think people are going to want us to talk about what the Trayvon Diggs experience is going to be this year. Um, And I think that we can all say that he's going to regress. There's no way that he can keep up the pace that he was at last season to be a viable uh, defensive back on your team as far as to be drafted very high. I mean, he still can be a guy that can be one of your two to three DBs. Maybe if you really want to wait and nobody else is drafting him because they're scared too, then yeah, you can probably find some value in that, but like do not make him up there with the Buda Bakers, the, you know, Derwin James, like he's not that guy. He, he, no. he had a really, amazing incredible run historical. last season yes it was literally yeah historical run and you could not go a week without seeing what he was capable of doing as a ball hawk but his coverage is subpar most of the time it was very boom or bust plays and I, it's just not sustainable so 
please well, do not this take reminds him. me a lot of Josh Norman for the Panthers. Yes. Um, probably about four years ago where he had, I think it was nine interceptions. Um, and then went on to do absolutely nothing. I mean, my man had 52 tackles total last year, half a sack. The where he had his points was the 11 interceptions and two mm-hmm. touchdowns, which you cannot bank on that at all. I mean, you want to tell me he's going to get three, four picks next year? That's fine, but you can't bank on a cornerback scoring touchdowns. That is that is not, not something you can draft, and he's going way high right now. I'll give him five interceptions, but that means you got five games that he does anything. Yeah. Other than right. that, you're getting one point. Because the tackles numbers aren't going to be there. And before anybody's like, well, hey, Billy, you always keep up for J.C. Jackson. It's because J.C. Jackson is a good coverage corner. Like he's he, It's like Stephon Gilmore. Like You're going to get interceptions, but you're also going to get tackles. You're also going to get passes defended. You're also going to get these extra points like dibbled and dabbled in to where he's going to have a solid week most of the weeks. Trayvon Diggs is not going to have that. He's going to have either the boom play of the interception or he's going to have two tackles and nothing else happened that game. So it, it's it's just like if he's not the cornerback to get the to be the guy you rely on week in and week out as a cornerback. There are cornerbacks to trust. He is not one of them. Marlon in our Humphrey draft that we just one. did, he yeah, was the Marlon Humphrey seventh, is a perfect example. He was the seventh defensive back taken in our draft that we just did. Which, and it's just entirely too high. Yeah, I mean, he it's, was taken before Justin Simmons. He was taken before Jesse Bates, Xavier McKinney, Poyer. This happens I mean, every year. There was one corner who had a good year last year because of interceptions. Like, Jamal Adams is one thing. I know he's not a cornerback, but, like, he it doesn't have high tackle numbers, but he gets those sacks. So it's like if a right. corner was blitzing a lot, like they were the nickel or corner. like Jeremy Chin. Yeah, Jeremy Chin would be also a safety. But I'm just saying, like, you can't bank on that. So Jamal Adams, without the sacks last year, was still like the eighth best safety. So he's still, or I think he was even higher than that. But you take away the interceptions from Trayvon Diggs, you have nothing. And I personally, I tweeted about this the other day. Nobody cares about my tweets because I don't really tweet that much. But just, just don't draft cornerbacks. Go grab safeties. I'd rather have the Eagle, whoever the Eagles safety is this year. I don't even know. We'll get to that soon. I really don't know though. Like it's, it's pretty bad. Um, oh no, we got, we got Jaquiski tart. My apologies. But yeah, go grab a safety on a team. That's bad. Go get the Jaguars safety. Brisker like, dude Brisker. from Chicago. We'll take Brisker. Yeah. I, I'm just saying I'll, I'll, I'll take my money on the uh, safe seven tackles a game over the hope. I hope he gets an interception. All right. I there are like we, so many defensive backs I want to name off right now that you should draft, but I'm going to draft with you too, and I need defensive backs. So I, uh, I'm going to go grab Brisker just so you can't have him. It's it's fair. It's just I feel like we needed to have this conversation for the people listening because I mean they may, and maybe the people that are in the IDP army and are listening to this and they're like, oh well, duh, we already knew that. The thing is, there's somebody in your league that doesn't, and the thing is, is you need to we need you to make sure that you understand that. He's not a great cornerback. He just got an extremely hot streak. It's no, 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 no. He is a great cornerback. He's just not fantasy relevant. I think that he's going to get burnt toast this entire season. What well, you saw get, last year was toast. such an anomaly to see. I, I, I even a, even an all pro cornerback that's been in the league for five years, you don't see that shit. He was a rookie last year. I don't think he's a good cornerback. Absolutely insane. All right, I don't care about that. Give us the over-under. I'm taking the under. Uh, it's 10. I'm taking the under because they're not going to win the division. Since 2004, no team has repeated except 2003 to 2004 Eagles. Eagles win the division this year, 
think you're right about that. I'm going under. Yeah. You want to hear them? Yeah, let's sure. let's hear it. Let's we hear got this. the Bucks, the Bengals, the Giants, the Commanders, the Rams, the Eagles, the Lions, Chicago, Packers, Vikings, Giants, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Eagles, Titans, Commanders. I think Damn they that, might beat it. That Bucks Bengals is gonna hurt them off the off the get go. I still think the Bengals are gonna have a little bit of a. I know they didn't win, but they're gonna have a little bit of a hangover this year. Little super. Yeah. AFC championship hangover. I mean, Magic mm-hmm. brought them all the way to the Super Bowl, and I don't see Magic sticking around for 2020. I think the biggest thing here is going to be is if their defense can hold up. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really what it was. And, I mean, as long as they have Michael Parsons, anything's possible because that guy is a one-man wrecking crew. But they're going to need Trayvon Diggs to be what he was last season, or they're going to need somebody else on that defensive backfield to be even half of what he was to keep this close. I just, I don't know, man. 10 seems like a lot. I got, I mean, 10's, I'm over, man. 100%. Okay. They're going to sweep the NFC North right there. I imagine they split with the Rams or Tampa or Cincy or something. They get want to win out of that. So I'm personally taking the under. I'm taking the under as well. But that's because there's another team in this division that I believe in more, and I will not name them until Josh talks about them. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, let's get to Washington. I, All right, Joe. To to... Take us to DC. It really upsets me to talk about this team right oh, after wow. Dallas and right before Philadelphia because, I mean, again, I had the Raiders last week and I got the Commanders this week. Are you guys just giving me the dysfunctional teams in the you NFL? You chose for fun? this. You I, chose this. Or I this might have been the this. last choice. I don't know. You said that you were very intrigued to learn about the the commanders, Joe. That was why you chose them. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued to uh, to dive into this team a little bit, and after doing it, I'm not so intrigued. Um, Terry McLaurin got a huge contract, and uh, he's still somehow a, a bargain at what he got. I mean, thanks Christian Kirk, but uh, three years, I think it was seventy one million dollars. That is awesome for him. Uh, they actually paid someone who deserved it on there. And the rest of the team is under investigation by Congress. Um, that's pretty much the only news you have for this team right now. <laughs> so last year they went seven and ten. Um, they they released Landon Collins, Everett, uh, the safety, Eric Flowers, and Matt Iadonis, and Brandon Scherf are all gone. Uh, they brought in Jahan Dotson. They brought in Brian Robinson. But outside of that, there is nothing too exciting going on here. Carson Wentz is your big addition for this team. And, um, I mean, he's got one last hurrah to prove he can do it here. I, it's really hard to get even the least bit excited about this one. Um, Terry McLaurin is a hell of a wide receiver. And then you got Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. They have a lot of wide receiver talent. Uh, when Mike Logan Thomas comes back, you know, when he's healthy, he should be the guy that Wentz kind of looks for. And then you got Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick. You have a lot here. I just I don't think Wentz can actually make use of these guys right now. So I'm not too excited. But uh, don't draft Wentz. You can if you want. But in my opinion, I would not draft him. We got Antonio Gibson at running back. Uh, he's running back 24 right now, which is quite a value. But he is comically disrespected by his own team. He's an absolute stud, and they refuse to just let him have the job. He's one of the highest efficiency backs in the league. He is built like a workhorse. But 
we matched Buffalo's offer for JD McKissick and signed Brian Robinson. It's it doesn't look good. So Antonio Gibson, I really like him and he is quite a value right now. A lot of people are scared off on him. Listen, the commanders have a really good offensive line randomly. It is a hodgepodge cobbled together group of players, but they gelled really well. And behind that line, Antonio Gibson can do a lot of damage. So I do like Antonio Gibson. I think his reception efficiency is going to drop off a little bit because we talk about it all the time. Carson Wentz cannot throw two running backs. So they drafted Brian Robinson. He is at RB 59 and JD McKissick is at RB 57. Brian Robinson is your handcuff for Gibson. Nothing more. He's a hard runner, but I think he got away with more than he should have behind Alabama's line. So I'm not super high on Brian Robinson, but if you are cuffing somebody to Antonio Gibson, that is your guy. JD McKissick, um, he finished his RB 28. He's had two top 30 running back finishes uh, in the last two years. So we should see a similar usage for him. I don't know if he's going to get as efficient as receptions as he did last year. So I'm not super high on McKissick, but he is good late in drafts as your fifth or sixth running back. Jared Patterson is there, but he is really tiny, and I don't expect him to do much. Oh, your wide receivers. Terry McLaurin, uh, absolute circus catches guy. Really happy for him. He got paid. He'll be very solid and could be spectacular if Wentz actually gets him the ball for once. Uh, Curtis Samuel, this dude is the ultimate wild card, but where there is smoke, there is fire, and the team, the coaches, the other players have been hyping him up all offseason. We should get a fully healthy Curtis Samuel, and it will be really interesting to see what they can come up with in this offense for him. He's going really late. He's wide receiver 78. So I could think of far lower upside guys that are being drafted ahead of him. If you want to take a shot on him, it's it's a shot in the dark, but it could pay off in a big way. So Deshaun Dotson, he was a rookie, rookie out of Penn State. Should step in right away and make his mark. and But again, Wentz, I think, caps his ceiling. And they also have Deami Brown, who uh, he looked okay last year in the couple of games. I still think he has some learning to do. Uh, Logan Thomas is going at tight end 26. Now, we know Carson Wentz loves tight ends. Unfortunately, he had his ACL, MCL, and meniscus repaired this offseason. So don't expect him to be 100% right away. But he's very sleepy where he's going in drafts right now. So... If you draft a guy like Dalton Schultz early, we just talked about it, you could feel comfortable backing him up with Logan Thomas. At the end of the season, you should have a solid group there. Guys, what do you like on this offense? What do you hate? Let me know. I did. I don't do this on purpose, but man, I have so many arguments against you. Um, this might actually take longer than the. This Eagles. is an Antonio Gibson uh, manager talking. No, before, actually, before we get to that. actually, it's Antonio Gibson's the one thing I don't disagree with. He's the most disrespected running back in that. Well, I don't know about that. My smile, Sanders is up there, but um, no, honestly, I think that this is. And before you guys shoot me for this, this is the most well-rounded team that Carson Wentz has ever played on. On I won't argue with you there. It there is depth, there is talent, there is futures. There's like three, four running backs if you count Patterson. I mean, they don't even need him. The offensive line actually took a hit with Scherf and a couple other guys, but the offensive line's still not terrible. Logan Thomas, I mean, we're hoping he comes back. If Logan Thomas doesn't come back, I think it's a little bit more, a little less well-rounded. Um, but these wide receivers, Terry McLaurin is one of the most hated on wide receivers. Antonio Gibson is one of the most hated running backs because of depth. Like they just have JD McKissick and that's who they, and then they grab Brian Robinson. If they did one of those things, I wouldn't have been upset with Antonio Gibson's situation. Cause 
it's good to have two running backs, but to have three and four, and I mean, I guess you get deeper. There's probably more, but. Um, so your argument here is that Wentz is better than we think he's going to be. Yes, I, I, I do. I'm not saying draft him for fancy football purposes. I'm just saying that I think he is actually a better quarterback. I, as a Carson Wentz hater, I hated him from the day we drafted him. I, I was happy when we shipped him off. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is good. I'm not going to be uh, Billy and try to make a mountain out of a molehill with Baker Mayfield here. Um, I'm just saying that Carson <laughs> Wentz is not as bad as everyone thinks he is. They did not lose the Jaguars or the Colts did not lose the Jaguars because of Carson Wentz only. That was a team loss. I'm letting you know that Carson Wentz is not that bad of a quarterback. I just don't think he has the gumption to be, make these guys super fantasy studly. Oh my God. I mean, McLaurin's that was the solely only... his fault that they lost against the Jaguars. I'm sorry, but did the defense not let up like 25, 30 points? The Colts should have been able to easily beat the Jaguars on offense. Like, they, what, they what are we talking about? But they, they did. Jonathan Taylor. They had Michael Pittman. And I don't even know if Michael well, Pittman was the only receiver on the team. I don't even we know can't. if well-rounded is why. Like, what the receiving core has Terry McLaurin and what other reliable Curtis piece? Samuel, J- Jahan Dotson, Deion Curtis Brown. Samuel hasn't played in a year. Jahan Dotson's never played in the NFL before. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Jayon well, Dotson's a, a, that's why I said talent and futures. Okay. Well, you said depth too. You said well rounded in depth. I just, I feel like this is either he throws it to Terry McLaurin or we don't know what we're going to get with this team. I, just I mean, feel like I, be- I'm not, I'm not talking about, I wasn't talking about fantasy purposes. I made that clear. I'm saying in general, I think that Carson Wentz will have a better year than people expect. I'm not telling you to go draft Carson Wentz. Please don't do that. So here's my, here's my thing with this team. I think, you're going to have your weeks where the offense clicks really well. And you have some high scoring weeks here. I also think you have some absolute duds from this offense out of there. So you're getting a ton, you're getting a ton of value on these guys right now. I mean, they're really essentially, I mean, aside from Gibson and McLaurin, even at their ADPs, they are steals, but these other guys, you know, are absolutely free. So there's I don't a lot know of value Gibson's here. going to be because the way they've been talking, and I know we're in Camp News uh, Central yeah. right now with the whole third down back or the, the goal line back situation with Brian Robinson. It's just like that's just enough to scare me off from the whole thing entirely. We would because- be doing a disservice to not talk about how I'm, we're all scared of Antonio Gibson's situation. Like, I mean, I, I just I, to take him as my RB2 and feel comfortable with it, it's just – I mean, I guess you're sitting in the same situation if you have like Kareem Hunt, for example. But I'd be really happy with him as my RB. I'd rather have Kareem Hunt, honestly. I really? think I think I would too, because you know at least they're gonna commit to the run. In this situation, they may just go away from the run and let Carson Wentz throw for. Him. I don't think so. I think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be a, a lot more similar uh, shades of Andy. Obviously, they don't have Jonathan Taylor, but they have a three-headed backfield, and I think that's what exactly what this is gonna be. I think Gibson's gonna be the early down back. And he's going to get like 70, 80 yards a game, probably. Uh, but the problem is he might not get any touchdowns. Like they said, they, they're yeah. probably going to use Brian Robinson in there. They're going to, you know, that uh, McKissick's going to take all of the passing opportunities away, which Joe is correct. He cannot throw to running backs. That's a real thing. I don't understand why. Well, I actually looked, I looked it up because I knew we were going to do Carson Wentz tonight. And I saw last year he threw 80 passes to both Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. Like he completed 80 balls. So, if we were to even get some of that towards the running backs, I think that that might make them viable. McKissick will probably be the beneficiary of most of that, but 
I don't McKissick's think McKissick's basically a wide receiver. So yeah. Right. But I don't think Antonio Gibson's completely out of only had one more reception last year than Antonio Gibson. Gibson. So I just don't, I don't think it's completely towards McKissick. I just, I just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like this team is not going to be scoring mountains of points. Every oh, I, don't, game. I, I agree. There's going to be plenty of 17 point weeks. And maybe one of those was a defensive touchdown. And we're not going to be shocked by that. I don't think. So the cool thing about it last year was when McKissick went down, Gibson got the pass opportunities before that it was one, two, three receptions. And then after it was seven, six, five. So he was getting those opportunities a lot more because there was no McKissick. So when McKissick went down, Gibson can catch the ball. I think, I think what Washington's been doing is a safe approach with Gibson. They don't want to run him to the ground. They want to use him long-term. That's why they're drafting these guys. But for fantasy football, it sucks. I mean, we could all agree with that. Like, Very much so. And so, if it yeah. was just McKissick and Gibson, I'd be fine with it. But when they put Brian Robinson in there, I mean, it's just it's just an extra piece to that that scares me because it was al- I was already pissed off when they got McKissick back. This this already seems like a uh, DraftKings. I will not be playing anybody from this offense except for McLaurin at any point. I don't think. I so when they play the Giants twice, you're not gonna jump on that. I, what person on the team are you going to trust against the Giants? Like the whole team? Because I, I don't, I still think like those are going to be low scoring 17 to 10. Wins. I'm telling you, at the end of the year, when you start seeing Logan Thomas' snap count go up, I like playing him in DraftKings a lot because he's going to be dirt cheap. You know, he's yeah. the guy you can probably pick up on waivers, but that is a Carson Wentz match made in heaven right there if there ever was one. Zach Ertz was his best man in his wedding. So, yeah. yeah. He's a he's a tight end fan. He's a big sure. fan of the and Logan Thomas was very useful. So yeah, Logan. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thomas is a phenomenal receiver. Yeah. Okay. Guys, so defense, um... Real quick, Chase Young's returning from an ACL. He should be go to camp, but he probably won't be back to his old self for a while there. Uh, Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen provided 14 sacks in Young's absence last year. Allen is super underrated if you're in defensive tackle leagues. Even if you're in a DL league, you could throw him in there. He's He's been very valuable. 
Uh, Dron Payne skipped minicamp. He's waiting for a new contract. He's solid when he's on the field, but they drafted Fildarian Mathis out of Bama, and that should put some pressure on him and might even replace him with him, honestly. He's pretty damn good. So uh, we got linebackers, uh, Cole Holcomb. He's a stud. LB12 finish. Uh, he should return similar value to what we saw last year. But uh, Jamin Davis, he kind of got thrown into the fire last year, and he's learning. So he only played 53% of the snaps last year. I expect a jump this year in that. And um, Cole Holcomb will be a free agent next year, and he's likely to get a lot of good money, and the commanders are kind of mediocre, so I don't think they're going to match that. Now is a great time to buy shares of Jamin Davis. And lastly, we got Cameron Curl. He played 85% of the snaps last year. Six weeks at 100% snap share. That's big time for his safety. And Landon Collins is gone, so I expect him to be near the line of scrimmage even more this year. He had eight QB hits and three sacks over the past two years. So if his time there increases, watch out. You could just have a safety stud on your team. That's it. I completely agree, honestly. Um, My biggest thing is that secondary and those linebackers are going to be getting some work. So I'm, I'm fine with any of them. Um, Chase young has been more than more than a disappointment at this point. I think we can agree. Right. Like everyone, I, I still think there's some talent in him. Honestly, to me, it's shades of Jadavian Clowney. Like, yeah, he's going to have those nine sack years, but it's going to be like, we expected 15. No, and I, mean, yeah, I mean, his rookie season was awesome, but it's just not been the same since then. Just and- yeah. Okay. Not what we're it was. All, we're, but all, we're all on the same page here. Yeah, for sure. I do want to note Ron Rivera did say that Deron Payne is not in any uh, danger of losing his job to Fedarian Mathis. That seems like the most camp news smokescreen shit I've mm-hmm. ever heard. So please keep Fedarian Mathis on your a uh, on your radar because he could become very valuable here uh, closer to the season. He is a defensive tackle, so you have to kind of take that under consideration but we watched him at the senior bowl especially i really like that kid he's huge i think that job could be in jeopardy it seems weird ron rivera would say that in june <laughs> i don't know it just feels feels funny for some reason all right, all right over under what do we got on this uh the over under for the washington commanders is the is eight under eight and nine would be their final According to Vegas, Can we, I, want, I want to hear it before I make my. I decision. do. I do want to hear okay. it as well. Jags, Lions, Eagles, Dallas, Titans, Bears, Packers, Colts, Vikings, Eagles, Texans, Falcons, Giants, Giants, Forty ers Browns, and Cowboys. Damn it! You said eight. We got eight. <laughs> I was gonna count. say it started out I literally counted. Okay. Eight. Got pretty. Well, they played the dumpster of the schedule. Like some of those teams in there are going to be tanking this year. Like I just, I'm actually going to go ahead and take the over. I think that if there's one team that wins this division that isn't the Eagles, it's Washington. Really? Well, Well, I mean, the Cowboys could, but this is this is the like. I'm not a Carson Wentz homer like Baker Mayfield fan. Down no, there. I think if things actually like, like I said, I really, I like the depth that they have on this team. I like the amount of offensive weapons that's, it's really well built. It's just, it all does come down to Wentz. You know what I mean? Like, and it does come down to, can they beat the big teams? So well, and I'm, Wentz, going, Wentz, I'm going under. 
I'll take the over. I just I like to I like to mix her up. No, I just I can't see if if everything was to go perfect, they get to eight wins. That's, that's all right. It's time for the Eagles after this commercial. Hey, IDP Army. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying the episode we have for you today. We want to take a little break and tell you about our partners at Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description or the code IDP Army when you sign up. They're going to give you a deposit match bonus of up to $100. And you can play all kinds of sports on Underdog Fantasy, not just NFL. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, PGA. They have everything. If you're into any sport, they generally have something there for you. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Go sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That is their giant draft that they have every year. Best Ball draft. The winner of that this year is going to win $1 million. The total prize pool is $10 million. We've got content on the channel for it. We have episodes of the podcast for it. We have rankings for it. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. That's where we play best ball. Hopefully, we will see you in a draft. Thanks, and now back to the show. The Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles. All right. Well, go play yourself some Underdog. Uh, it is phenomenal. I actually need to get myself into some drafts. I, I, I'm really glad we have this dynasty draft going on right now because it's really been a nice, like getting back into the, the drafting season. I always like to do some drafts before I get in there. And like Billy has said many times, it's really nice to just get in there and actually it's worth money. Cause when you go into mock drafts and ESPN, you're not getting anything valuable. And if you're doing it on sleeper, it's all auto drafts and just doesn't seem right. You like, like a little bit of time in between picks. And I, I, I don't know, I, my heart always flusters on underdogs. They give you like 15 seconds. It's like, I had a pick. I knew I was going to do. And then you're like, sit there and you're like, I ah, start overthinking it. The time runs out. It's great. Um, get back into some drafts. We'll get into that. But let's get into the Eagles now. All right. We're going to do this a little different. We're going to start off with some Eagles players. I'm going to I'm going to get some peanut gallery here. You guys name a player, name a player that you think I might be high on. And I mean, <laughs> Name a player I am high on, and uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about him. Kyle Sanders. Yeah. Oh God. That's perfect because that's what I had prepared. I knew it was coming. So let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about something. This was um, scripted, by the way. Mm-hmm. It well, actually was. wasn't, but it's phenomenal <laughs> that you went Miles Sanders first. I didn't have much on anyone else because I already know what I'm going to say about them. Well, let's talk about Carson Strong, man. <laughs> oh, we talk about Carson Strong. We'll get into Carson Strong, don't you? I'm get sure me? we will. Don't get me wrong. We haven't even got into the depth chart yet. I just want to start this off with one absolute that is happening this year. Miles Sanders will be a a top 10 running back. And yes, you heard me correctly, Billy. I can't see your face right now because I got another screen pulled up, but top 10 running backs. So Eagles absolutely refuse to run the ball the first half of the season. And this year it should be a much more balanced attack after they kind of figured out what they're going to do after letting Hertz just run around like a crazy person and then just running the ball. There's going to be a nice balance here. Uh, Sa- Sanders opened up the year with nine rushing attempts per game. And after his injury in, re- in week seven, the Eagles just decided to have a rush heavy attack while he was injured, which was great. After he came back, he averaged 17 carries per game until the end of the season. Miles Sanders is in his contract year. Joe loves the contract years. He's been averaging 5.1 yards per carry. I'm going to hammer this home. 5.1 yards per carry. So if he gets anywhere near 17 carries per game, let, let, let's give him about what? I don't know, 1250. So uh, that's, that's a lot of yards. 
yes, yes, he didn't have touchdowns last year. It was awkward. We're all we're all aware of that. Jordan Howard's gone. They're not going to let Hertz run the ball as much. Hurts uh, literally the season of the Eagles is literally dependent on Hertz's health. So yes, he will have runs, but they're not going to be diving him into the end zone. They're not going to be running him around on a bunch of bootlegs where he can go run for 40 yards and get injured. So my prediction for Miles Sanders right now is 1,250 yards, eight touchdowns, and another 300 yards in the air, which that would put him a, a right about running back nine of last season. I do think I do think that Gainwell is due for a bigger year this year. I think Boston Scott, it, they would have signed him a lot earlier if they were going to utilize Boston Scott how they have in the past. And Howard Hurts and Boston Scott have all poached all the touchdowns. So I think Howard's gone. Hurts is half gone because they're not going to use him as much in the, in the red zone. I mean, they're still going to use them, but they're not going to use them as much in designed runs. And then Boston Scott, I don't think they're going to pull Sanders and Gainwell and put Boston Scott in there. So if there is one person you want to grab that isn't Miles Sanders and say you don't believe a word that I'm saying, go draft yourself some Kenneth Gainwell because that man is in for a big year as well. Fireball bet, Miles Sanders not a top 10 running back? Done. I'll, I'll take that one with pride. Cause I, I, I get, I get that it's a Homer. I get that it's a Homer move, but Miles Sanders has had the chance. He just never had the chance. If that makes any sense. He literally has done it and proved that he's a consistent running back. Yes. He's had a couple injuries. Everyone gets injured. I hate the term injury prone to people who play NFL football because anyone could get injured on any play. A big man can land on you. 300 pound man falling on your ankle. That's going to break your ankle. So just saying, Miles Sanders has one of the best case scenarios. And if the Eagles don't want to sign him, you know what they're going to do? Run him into the ground. So do you love the running backs in the contract here? It's, it's always fun. So mm-hmm. where, where you feel comfortable drafting Miles Sanders? Cause he is going way late, right? His now. ADP is phenomenal right now. Get him as your running back three. Do not reach for him. You don't need to. I don't think anyone's going to be like, Oh, Miles Sanders, blah, blah, blah. I think the one good thing about this is, the Eagles have such depth on their team and so many offensive talent around them that like people are going to draft AJ Brown before him. People are going to draft Devonte Smith before him. People are going to grab Jalen hurts before him. So nobody's even thinking about Miles Sanders. Everybody saw the zero touchdowns right now. It's the perfect example of recency bias that you'll ever see because there's no way Miles Sanders gets zero touchdowns this year. And if he does, I'll take three fireball bets. And unless he gets injured week one and like, something like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to, unlike take your reaction to everything I say, I 100% agree with you on this one. Miles Sanders is a phenomenal value. I don't know if he cracks top 10, but I would say 15 is a safe bet for him. And you are getting him at RB 26 right now. It's a huge steal. Be very aware of where he is at on your draft boards, people. I just think that you're in your fifth round as your third running back. You can do worse. We we had a conversation about this the other day. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris. There's a lot of there's a lot of running backs around him that are just not what I would want. I would want that guy who can go and get me five yards per carry and can, if given the opportunity with 17 carries a game, can go out there and get me 100 yards and hopefully a touchdown. I will I will put that in there. All right. So you don't think Kennedy Brooks is stealing his job this year? You know who Kennedy Brooks is, man. I haven't even gotten to that yet. Oklahoma right. legend Kennedy Brooks. Let's Come just, on. Just, just calm down. My apologies. We we draft running backs every year, and I was too blinded by the AJ Brown trade to pay attention to the next three days. So took a lot of fireball shots that day. 
All right. Anyway, uh, Billy, you have anything to add to this Miles Sanders mumbo jumbo? I don't. I mean, I think he's going to be like RB 20 to 21, which is still an RB two. So I, I think if you end up with him on your team, you're not going to be mad about it, but you're probably not. It's not going to win you a league. It's just going to be a, a, a piece of the puzzle. I really, I really was not expecting that. I, I appreciate you uh, uh, humoring me here, but anyway, Let's get into uh, some depth, some depth chart here. Uh, Eagles went nine and eight last year, and a lot of people had them after their four and eleven and one season right there again. They were wrong this year. Everybody's kind of like, okay, yeah. So notable additions here. We got Hassan Reddick. They picked up in the offseason. Great depth piece for the defensive line. Uh, AJ Brown, obviously, we know about that trade, which is just phenomenal. And then Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, Cam Jurgens, all in the draft. And then they picked up after the draft. Well, I think Kaiser White might have came before that, but Kaiser White and James Bradbury. So they got a second running mate with Darius Slay, which is going to be great. I think this defense, if you're in a defensive special teams, you shouldn't be number one. But if you are, go draft this defense because this defense could have some pretty good um, offense or pretty good points put up here. So into the offense, uh, Jalen Hurts is about QB6 right now. Uh, big fan of this. I think that this is the good spot where you're getting him after those first three quarterbacks. I'm really glad that he's not up higher. Um, this is a prove-it year for Jalen Hurts, too, because they basically doubled down and got a second, uh, another first-round pick for next year in case it doesn't work out. Um, so running backs, I'm just going to leave that be. But uh, Miles Sanders, 27 Kenneth Gainwell, 49, Boston Scott, 60. So like I said, Gainwell, I think is your guy here. If you're going to get someone you don't believe, you don't believe in Miles Sanders, but honestly, both of those values are ridiculous. Um, and then wide receivers, AJ Brown at wide receiver 10. Um, he's kind of going in that mid second round, which I'm probably not going to end up with him in any leagues. Unfortunately, I tend to, if I'm going to go wide receiver, I'm getting him in the first round. And then I try to grab a snake of Nick Chubb or something in the second. Um, and then Devontae Smith is actually a real value here, what you're going to get. I think he has a, a, a big year growing up here. With A.J. Brown on the other side, him and him and uh, Brown are just going to run all over the place. And then uh, Jalen Rager, just ignore him. Somehow he's above Quez Watkins at 103 and Quez Watkins at 107. If you want any other wide receiver, it's Quez Watkins. And then honestly, I love me some uh, Dallas Goddard, but I think that uh, – I'm not super stoked because of all the other weapons here. So um, just looked up and saw Mickey Blanco over there with Joe and I just love it. Uh, but yeah, no Dallas Goddard. I do love it. This will be his first full year without uh, Zach Ertz. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think Titan seven's about right, uh, which is about where he's going right now. I think if you're waiting till later, he actually went pretty late in a dynasty draft <laughs> we're in. So I like Dallas Goddard, but if you have other pieces of the Eagles, I think there's other ones that I would rather have. But if you didn't grab a piece of the Eagles and you want to feel included on the team this year, feel free to grab some. So, gentlemen, what do you guys think about this offense? Okay, so here, here is what I, I've been thinking about while you've been talking, and I think they might have the third best wide receiver duo in the NFL, maybe fourth. So I've got Diggs and Davis. I don't, there's not any order, just – Dixon Davis or would be one of them. Waddle Hill would be another one. And Higgins Chase. And then after those three, I think it might be Smith and A.J. Brown. I, I'm kind of putting you all on the spot to think about another one. But just looking over the teams, maybe I guess you could go Godwin and Evans probably too. So maybe they're fifth. 
But I think if you're going to give it like this is the absolute best thing you could do for a quarterback, what the Eagles did is give him two receivers of this caliber and just let him rock. And if he can't do it, you know what you got. Like you, you can't get much better than getting a top five duo of wide receivers in the NFL for a quarterback in a prove it year. Like if you can't prove it with this, that is the perfect way to tell if they're bad or not. I just, I wish more teams would do something like this, especially when the quarterback's in a prove it year, because Jalen Hurts has no reason to fail this year. Zero. No, he really doesn't. And honestly, even if somehow he does get injured, Gardner Minshew could actually have a prove it year if they do hold on to him. There was some rumblings of him wanting to be a starter and whatnot. And there's some pretty bad quarterbacks out there this year starting on rosters. So um, if there is there, there is some backups there. And, and I don't I, Foles 2.0. I, I, if that's what happens, if Hertz is like running for MVP week 14 and gets injured and Minshew comes in, I I've seen it before. I've seen that episode before. I'll watch it. <clears throat> I've seen that too. Now I am excited for this team. This is, this might be the best offense since Vic, the Vic days right here. And I'm very excited to see it on the field. AJ Brown just unlocks everything that offense can do. Give it to it short, easy yard after the catch monster. I, he just absolutely unlocks this team. I think he's actually pretty underrated right now for where he is going in drafts as well. So I love what I see out of AJ Brown. And the schedule is just magical for you guys. This year. Oh, it's so it's so silly. Like it's if they don't ridiculous. if they if they don't win the division, I'll be angry. Like yeah. physically, this is actually this actually sets me up for a lot different. Last year it was a I want to show everyone that this team isn't as bad as they are. Like, you know, every time I'm I'm repping my Eagles jersey, I'm like, they're not that bad, guys, I promise. This year it's like, God, I hope they do good. Like they got to, right? Like the team yeah. is there, like the pieces are there. And I, I do agree with Billy. Like the fact that they literally brought in AJ Brown instead of drafting another rookie and maybe missing again. Like they're just like, and we got him for basically nothing. Like that was a silly trade. Got him for trail on Burks, which who knows if that's even going to work out. You know what AJ Brown is. And a second yeah. round pick two years from now. Sure. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, Josh, me and you have a bet in for Nick Sirianni to win coach of the year. We've, <laughs> we've given that. you, we've given you all that one. Yeah, we did. It's, it pays, it was 20 to one when we put that in. Oh, okay. Only, Sorry. I thought, I thought I, I bet against you or something. Oh, no, like, no, no. Oof. Me and you both have a bet in for Nick Sirianni to win the coach of the year already. Like, it's just can't see how this fails. But I mean, the only guy that confuses me here is Devonta Smith. I want to know what you guys actually think is realistic for him this year in this offense. So what did he get? 800 yards last year. I'm pulling him up right now. Um, 900 yards, five touchdowns last year as the, literally the sole receiver on the team. Basically. Um, I think realistically he can get in the thousand mark. I don't know what the touchdowns are going to look like. The touchdown disbursement is probably the one thing I don't know because there's, this is the most, weapons we've had in a long time since the Mike Vick, Deshaun Jackson, Macklin days. So, um, but it does give me shades of that. Like it gives me yeah. like the, the McCoy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson and Vic, like you got the four of them and you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I just want a piece of this team. I don't care what it is. I think Devonte Smith is the most realistic piece to be able to grab. Um, I mean, he's AJ going Brown, to wide receiver 33 right now. I think is... he'll probably get boosted up as the season gets closer, but, um, a lot of people think he's small and I mean, he proved it last year as a rookie on a team that had no wide receivers that he can go out there and get 900 yards 
and they weren't short passes. I mean, he only had 64 catches. So, I mean, well, he, the, he doesn't have to be the one. And I think that that is important for him is that like he can live in the AJ Brown shadow for a couple of years before he really needs to actually break out and be, you know, a potential one. Um, and I think this would just be good for his development. And yeah, I agree. This could be easily a thousand yard season. AJ Brown being there lifts the rest of the team up because he is just there. And the, the stats are going to come a little bit more easily than they did last year. Because when Jalen Hurts is scouring the field and running around and has, you know, Goddard, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, potentially Quez Watkins, Miles Sanders, hopefully out of the backfield, Kenneth Gainwell out of the backfield, maybe like as long as he's got all of these array of weapons, there's there's no way that they all can't get a little bit of a boost. Yeah, yeah I, I think just, they're all fantasy relevant too. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out Devonta Smith because right now he's going with uh, Juju, Thielen, Gabriel Davis, Renfro, Lockett, Hopkins, and Aik. And I think out of that's those cool. guys, Gabriel Davis is the only one that I would. That's, that's probably put about over right. Him. Hopkins yeah. is out for six games. Like guys, we got to come to terms with that a little bit. Not it's you all. Name, I'm talking Billy, about whoever, whoever's drafting. Like we need to come to terms. I know it's best. You know ball, Hopkins and, is going to go up in value. By the but time if you're taking him over. that high, that means you've given up on a position that you shouldn't have given up on. But that's a whole different discussion for a different pod. Um, so I, I think the, the most accurate comparison for this team, I'm not going to say that. I mean, they, they are a top duo wide receiver core here, but I think what this the most accurate depiction of these in recent years is Two years ago, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I don't think uh, Devontae Smith is quite Tyler Lockett, obviously, because he's not, not as he's not as fast. I mean, he does have some speed, but eh, I was just thinking, I'm thinking little think big guy here. He's just as talented as Lockett. He could be Lockett. Lockett for sure. That's a very... Well, I was just saying because Lockett pretty much only caught knee balls. That's what I was trying to say. Right, I don't but... think that Devontae, that's Devontae Smith. I think really what they're going to probably utilize him in is the slot. What he was at Alabama. More. That's true. I mean, he 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 will hit some deep balls. I'm just saying that 900 yards on 60 catches is just phenomenal in a weird year, like a weird transition. We didn't know what Hertz was going to be a year, and we decided to stop passing halfway through. They were like, honestly, he should have hit a thousand yards as it was last year if they would have continued on where they were at in the first seven games. So, yeah. I'm I'm just stoked all around. How did you guys I, get this schedule? Oh yeah, those. <laughs> Let's get to defense real quick and then we'll get to schedule. But yeah, it's it's stupid. I watched it and I looked at it. But anyway, um, let's get into defense. So honestly, the defense is really, uh, really like you're getting good value here. Um, I tried to find some IDP rankings for this, but it's just all awful. So I'm not even going to pretend to say where it's at. Uh, Hassan Reddick, uh, he's our biggest addition defensive line wise. But we also have Josh Sweat. Uh, Derek Barnett, uh, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox. Yes, some of those are defensive tackles, but um, I, I'm excited to see what Jordan Davis can do. He's basically Fletcher Cox replacement, but at the same time, they'll probably re- re- those three, him, them two, and Hargrave will be all flipping in and out. And then Reddick, Sweat, Barnett, and Graham. I don't really know why we brought Barnett back, but I like the depth. And this is probably Brandon Graham's last season. So um, Josh Sweat and Reddick are your two bread and butters there. Uh, but I do like, I, I like the idea, especially if you're in a defensive tackle league, grab yourself a Jordan Davis late, or maybe even a Fletcher Cox a little earlier. Um, and then into the linebackers, that's where it gets real sweet. Grab any of them. So Nicobe Dean is a lot later, but he is a rookie. So he'll probably get propped up. That dude is fast. He might, there's going to be a weird split here 
but most likely Dean Edwards and Kaiser White will all be on the field. So grab yourself one of them. Um, but they do have some, uh, some young guys behind them. So I would say that those three will be the main guys. And then Darius Slay, he's a cornerback. Don't draft him. He'll probably have five interceptions though. If you really want to pl- plug and play at some point. Uh, and then we did get Jaquiski Tart along with we have Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps. Actually, Darius Slay has been pumping up Marcus Epps, by the way, all day. Like he thinks that uh, Epps is going to be the next big safety there. I haven't quite seen it yet, but he's he's a valuable piece to keep an eye on there. Uh, I do have, you know, the most exciting guy here is N'Kobe Dean. I think everyone is excited about him. The slip was real no one saw that coming unnecessary Um, i I guess the question for josh and more so billy how do you see nicobe dean fitting into this defense what role do you think he plays well i have first of all i have nicobe dean uh rookie of the year uh, defensive rookie of the year uh i bet already in for that um he calls defense like that's what he does so I, I don't know. I wish this was the year. I wish they would just put him in. Like he he's worthy and able to play the game right away. Um, I don't know if they'll go that route right away, but he could definitely play it. He's used to commanding a pretty much NFL caliber defense anyway when he was at Georgia, and he is kind of small at six foot tall, but he is really like good at getting the ball. He's really good at attacking and finding and putting his self into spots where he is going to be the most in fact impactful on each play so i think that's going to get him on the field sooner rather than later and i think that that could potentially boost him up in the rookie defensive rookie conversation i just i don't know if they're going to play him right away so that that is kind of does give me a little bit of pause um i think from everything i've been seeing at camp this is the one team i actually see camp news for um everything's looking really good for dean right now so i could absolutely see him I don't know if starting right away, but at least having a role right away. And then one injury to any of these guys like TJ Edwards and Kaiser white are both valid linebackers, but like, and they have technically they have Reddick as a linebacker as well, but he's really an edge rusher. So I think he'll be more rotating with the defense. Well, they have a strong side linebacker, which is kind of defensive end. I don't know why. Well, that's the thing is I think at, Anytime he's rotating in to be an edge rusher or to defensive line, basically, that's when Dean comes in, I think. And I think any nickel packages, I think Dean will be out there. I think it'll be a, a weird swap because that's what the Eagles defense does anyway. Um, they rotate people in and out. But I think Dean will earn his playing time early. I think so. I he's think coming for TJ Edwards. <laughs> he is. I actually think Dean and White complement each other awesomely. White's always kind of roamed around, you know, almost done mostly coverages throughout his career. And Dean mm-hmm. likes being closer to the line of scrimmage and being more aggressive. I think that could be a hell one, hell of a one to punch for you guys this year. Yeah, I agree. And shout out my boy, James Bradbury, a true cornerback that could be uh, valuable in IDP. This man always gets tackles. It's not always interceptions. It's usually pass defenses and tackles. But James Bradbury is that guy. He is viable solution for defensive backfields. Just saying. That was actually my biggest concern with the Eagles was we didn't get a second cornerback, uh, and then they got Bradbury for basically free. And I'm like, thank you. I he's think Slay great, just, but he's good. Well, Slay's just going to keep recruiting a one-year cornerback to the team every year until they draft one. Basically, I don't know what we're going to do when Slay leaves, but for now, let's just let it be. Ride the wave. All Ride right. Wave. Over/under for the Eagles is a. Shockingly low, 
Over, over, over. I'm taking I, the over. I just no way this isn't over. I'm un- unbelievable, honestly. Let's hear the schedule, but I think we all <laughs> um, let's just hear Detroit, it. Minnesota, Commanders, Jaguars, Cardinals, Cowboys. You got Steelers, the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts, the Packers, the Titans, the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Giants. Eleven win go, team, twelve win team. Can they go yeah. undefeated? They well, could undefeated team, but you don't. You, you've skipped all of the bad, like the really good teams. You all could beat the Cowboys twice. Like, what are we talking about? Honestly, I mean, we can't. We, you think we can't? I know, I know, because NFC East like beats each no, other. They up, just but, like, cannot be good enough Cowboys. to do that. Yeah, it really is. And honestly, one injury to the Cowboys is a lot different than one injury to the Eagles. I mean, I'm seeing like the Colts and the Cowboys is like your only. I'm going to that Colts game too, by the way. Yeah, the Vikings maybe put ups. I don't know. I, so there's a see... bet out there in Vegas for what team can start seven and zero. I think we're looking at it. Just saying. Yeah. The uh, Cowboys, I think you the Cowboys were the Eagles. Well, I know, but like the Cowboys were the sixth game. I think that's probably where you would slip up in all this. But like those first six games, the Cardinals. If we I can guess start like... out hot. Yeah, I think. But without Hopkins, I mean, who are they going to beat? Exactly, us with? and that's Green? week. That's week five is when they play the Cardinals. I'm not worried about them for the Eagles. I, I don't know. They would have to really have... Eagles it up. We will eagle some games for sure. I don't think we'll go undefeated. I was just kidding, but um, no, this team could be uh, pretty sick. I'm really excited about it. I, I know that I'm a homer, but listen to me this year. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, all right. Well, so Billy, we wanna... before you get into the Giants, Ooh, my bad. make your pick. Oh, for the Eagles, they're going over. No, I mean for our draft. Oh, nice. My nice. bad. I didn't even uh, realize I was on the clock. <laughs> Before you do this, make your. I was pick. about to say because. All right. Well, since we f- need to fill some time, um, I just want to thank Joe for the Brian Dawkins jersey behind me. Finally framed it up and put it put it up. So you'll be looking at the Eagles all year, unless I have to smash that for some reason if they start losing all the games. Damn! I hope <laughs> burn it, burn it live. I'm not going to burn the jersey. I just meant the frame. Oh, you don't okay. have to make a uh, pressure pick here. I was just frame. kidding. I know. I appreciate you putting me on the spot like that. On the spot live. Don't That's how we up. draft. Oh, he did it, you bastard. Nice. Yeah, you should have. That's was going to happen. Go fuck yourself, you Joe. Okay. Bastard. Let's get on to the last team in this. And honestly, it's the worst team. So great. I'm glad we saved the worst for last. You thought your team was bad, Joe, with the commanders. You hadn't seen nothing yet. We're now, we're now to the Big Apple for the New York Giants. So the best thing that happened to this team this offseason was they brought in Brian Dable from the uh, Bills. That's probably the best thing that could have happened to this team uh, was getting a, a competent head coach instead of a special teams coordinator from the uh, Patriots, which is what they did the last time with Joe Judge. So they actually brought in a, a competent adult to run the Giants, which is a good, smart strategy. Um We'll just start off at the top. The best player that's going to be available on this team, and that's Jay, uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley. He's going as RB10 right now, an underdog. And I, I get it. I, I'm sure a lot of people have been spurned by Saquon Barkley. His pictures in training camp look amazing. They looked amazing last year, too. Joe was really excited about his thighs last offseason. I love and a man with good thighs, Bill. I know. I understand. And his thighs look great this season, offseason, too. So, 
Saquon Barkley, I think, will be the best player on this team that you're going to get your hands on in uh, most offensive player. drafts. What? I said the only player you want to get your hands on. I believe I, <laughs> I believe so. Uh, behind him is Matt Breida, the uh, journeyman running back. He's going as running back 72. Not really going to have to worry about him unless Saquon gets hurt, which, I mean, has been happening. So he might be the guy that you just stashed on your bench if you grab Barkley. I know that we're kind of somewhat against handcuffs on this podcast, but this one might be a good one to snag just in case. Um, let's, we'll get on to the quarterback, which is Daniel Jones, quarterback 21. I think the best uh, case scenario is that Brian Dable really lets Daniel Jones loose. I mean, Brian Dable did unlock Josh Allen. That did happen. So could it happen again? Um, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. And Daniel Jones has never been great. So I I don't want to try to make this sound better than it is he's he's never been great but there is a potential for him to be good and i think if you're in uh super flex leagues you're definitely going to be excited about having him as your your qb2 but i'd say in one qb leagues you could probably leave daniel jones on the waiver wire i don't know if you want that headache sitting on your bench um on to the wide receivers quickly because they're not really the great options here kenny galladay is your best option wide receiver 57 on underdog right now don't love that. Um, I think he is undervalued at wide receiver 57, but I still think that with Daniel Jones, I don't trust anybody on this team. Uh, next wide receiver down from that is Wandale Robinson, the rookie. He's wide receiver 80. Um, again, he could turn into something. You got Kadarius Tony. Again, we saw the one really pop game from him last season, but we didn't really, you know, that was it. He got hurt after that and never played again. And then you have Joe's favorite player in the NFL, Sterling Shepard at wide receiver 108. I think his days are numbered uh, based on the Wandale Robinson addition, but I still think he rides Sterling Shepard out for one more year. I think there's going to be a lot of offensive changes next offseason, but this season they're kind of cash strapped. Uh, the tight end currently to start is Daniel Bellinger, who they drafted this year. Um, Ricky Seals Jones is still on the team. Uh, Josh said before the podcast, there's a potential that this is a uh, camp news smokescreen and Ricky Seals Jones might be the guy, but for now it's listed to be, uh, Daniel Bellinger. So that'd be, that will be a guy to look for in drafts, especially late because we don't really know what we're getting from him. And we don't know how good this offense is going to look. What if Dayball comes in there and completely changes everything around? Sorry, I'm trying to make this team sound as, as good as I can possibly can, but there's just really not much more I can do. There, I would. I'm not even going to go down the list of the players that are after, like lower on the depth chart, because you're not threatened by them. Because you just got, for example, uh, CJ Board, Richie James, Colin Johnson, Darius Slayton, like. It's just a who's who of people you don't want on your fantasy football team. So, guys, I'm sorry. I can't make it sound any better than that. What do you all think of this offense? I'm just glad that your dog decided to play during this. Oh, she, nobody she cares. Is, my dog is going apeshit for the Giants right now. Yeah, she's <laughs> a big fan. Um, no, so uh, Saquon Barkley, I actually really like this year. I, I, I think it's because his value isn't ridiculously high. Like, I wasn't going to draft him last year. And even the year before, I would have taken him if I could. Uh, but I like Saquon Barkley at, what, 27 right now? I think that's a steal. Third round, 
if you get anything of a semblance, I mean, you're, the guys that are going around him, you got Kamara, James Connor with touchdown regression, James Connor, and then you got Ezekiel Elliott below him. So uh, Kamara, sure, but he's he's facing a suspension. Did he officially get suspended? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Okay, so he's it's facing coming, a suspension it for sure. Coming. I I mean Saquon Bart, you could do a lot worse in the third round there. I mean I'll probably go wide receiver in most of my leagues there because you got T Higgins, AJ Brown around him. But um, yeah, I don't I don't dislike Saquon Barkley this year. That he can't get injured every year. I mean everybody gets that injury prone <laughs> thing. But I mean the team is just bad. That's the only downfall to it is that he's running for nothing. It's all in vain. It looks like Jerry Judy Sadly. running out there from Drew Locke throwing passes. Sadly, yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, Saquon's exciting. He's a full year and a half removed from his injury now, so that should be awesome. Dabble should be able to get him going. The guy I'm really excited about is Kadarius Tony. I think he finally. I think he's going to step into that wide receiver one role, at least be used that way, especially with what the organization has invested in him. So he's going at wide receiver 44 right now. I mean, he is. For what he could be, he's probably one of the best values in fantasy football right now. Uh, so definitely, definitely high on, on Kadarius Tony. If he's your wide receiver three, wide receiver two, that's pretty awesome. What a I waste just, of uh, Kenny Galladay's it. career, by the way. Can we talk about that? Like, I just we like, knew you, it when he got there, though. That's the worst part of this is we knew as soon as he signed there that this was going to happen. I love Kenny Galladay too, but man, he's got to get out of there sooner. He could have gone to the Eagles. I'm, uh, I'm not, I want to bring back the Eagles. He could have. He, ch- he chose to go to gi- the Giants. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles were kind of a dumpster fire at the time too, but I'm sorry. We picked ourselves up a little bit better than the Giants did. Yeah, a smidge. Okay, let me get on defense quickly because there's a little bit more of a fun topic than the offense because the offense is terrible. Um so I was say Blake Martinez, middle linebacker. Uh, he didn't play. He only played three games last year before getting injured. But the year before that, he was very useful. He had many 20 point games. He will be a guy. He had, I think, three sacks, a couple forced fumbles. He was very effective. And his tackle floor is still always going to be high as the middle linebacker. Um, they added Kayvon Thibodeau, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, they're also putting him as the strong side linebacker. He is a defensive end technically, and that's what his eligibility is going to be. But that also means that he they're definitely going to have him rushing from the outside most of the time. So as a, he is going to be covering the tight end, it looks like, and he's also going to be going after the quarterback. So I think his sack floor is higher than we potentially thought. I think this is your de- defensive rookie of the year right here, Kayvon Thibodeau. But there, you know, I also have hopes for Dean. But I think Kayvon Thibodeau might be the guy. I think he's got a very good chance to get into 10 sacks this year. I think that that is very hopeful uh, with this defense. Um, other guys on this defense, uh, Aziz Ojulari, I think he could uh, build on what he did last year. He was very good. Um, Xavier McKinney, free safety. He should he should be above cornerbacks, guys. What are we doing with Trayvon Diggs that uh, Xavier McKinney might last longer than him? Kind of ridiculous. And then uh, Julian Love is the strong safety on the team. He hasn't been uber effective yet in his career, but he has been pretty good. Um, so he's definitely somebody that you could stash at the end of your bench in defensive leagues. And then uh, also Leonard Williams, defensive end. He is from the Jets. He, Well, that was like two years ago now. But he was very effective then, and I think that Leonard Williams could be a guy on your team that you could be happy with. 
What do we think about this defense? I agree. I'm actually really excited about uh, the Kayvon Ojolari combo. I think that's really what makes a good defensive end is someone not being able to put the tight end on just one side and blocking the one defensive rusher that they have. So I think the combo there is going to be great. I don't think, I think rookie of the year could go a lot of ways right now. I think it's a little bold to say that there, he's going to be rookie of the year. I think if anything, people are going to be more scared of Kayvon than they are of Ojulari right now. And I think Ojulari's in for a big year this year. So, but potential. other than that, uh, Tay Crowder is actually a little undershadowed. He did phenomenally when Blake Martinez was out last year. And it looks like they'll both be starting. I imagine they will both. I mean, why wouldn't you put them both in at this point? So, well, here's the you thing, really, though. You really can't. There is no depth on this team. I mean, Beavers is a great player. I know that sounds ridiculous to say out loud. Well, Darian Beavers. Darian Beavers from Cincinnati is a very effective uh, linebacker. And I think that he could potentially be a guy that, if anybody gets injured, could be a guy that at least frogs up into a starting position. That's yeah. a good one to keep an eye on because, honestly, if there are any injuries on this defense – there's not a lot of guys that can fill in. I don't think no. Blake Martinez and Tay Crowder will leave the field much at all this year. So yeah. a lot of value there. No, big big fan of the starting lineup on this, but if you look at past that, it's not good. Well, no. I mean, look, guys, they have 15 rookies on the defense at various levels of the depth chart. I just – you can tell they went cheap because they kind of overpaid some of their huge contracts. Barkley looking at you, Galladay looking at you. Um, but they are going to, you know, after this season, when we can start clearing up some of that cap room, we can uh, maybe get this team back with some talent on it, but there is still some value to be had here, but I don't think this team is going to be one that you're looking at this season thinking, Oh, that could be the team that is the underdog that comes out of nowhere. I I don't think it's going to be the giants this season. So who's their first round draft pick next year? Good question. I mean, if Daniel Jones doesn't, it's do well it's a replacement for Daniel Jones. Sorry, I was just asking. Oh, okay. I was like, if it's if, gonna I, get. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to get unlocked this year by Brian Dable. It would be one of the biggest upsets of all time if that was the case. But I think that yeah, they're going to be heading to the draft for a quarterback. Okay, uh, that's the Giants. Um, their over under is seven, and I'm under. going under. Like, I don't, I don't even don't, need to hear it. I don't even good. see how we get to seven. Like, I really don't. Yeah, let's hear it. I'm sorry. I, I don't Honestly, though, they might they might screw around and win a couple of these games. To be completely honest with you. So we got uh, Titans, Panthers, Cowboys, Bears, Packers, Ravens, Jaguars, Seahawks, Texans, Lions, Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Colts, and Eagles. I did have about six in there. Uh, why is the the Houston Texans playing the entirety of the NFC East? Are they just feeling bad about the whole Watson situation? I guess so. Mm-hmm. Although it sounds like they shouldn't be getting this. They should be playing the Buccaneers and the Patriots. And Well, Patriots kind of. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I'll still take the under. But honestly, it's possible, I guess. I mean, this team has talent. It's just really hard to say that sentence together at the same just... time. I think this year is like a, Hey, let's just get to next off season. I do think there'll be some bright spots. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a major bright spot on this team. And I think he's going to be the one guy that like you're watching and saying, what, what, what can we gleam onto this next off season? I think a, I think Joe's right. I think Kadarius Tony could be that guy. And then I think it will be Kayvon Thibodeau on the defense or just like, Holy shit. We have that guy on the team. That's about it. 
Yeah, I mean, I like what they're building on the defense. Their defense, and even with Evan Neal, I mean, their offensive line isn't as bad as it has been. So that really does boost mm-hmm. them a lot. So they're building something, and they're going to get a quarterback next year, essentially. And they so, actually have a coach now. So Exactly. They have, and they have an actual GM and Joe Sheen from the Bills as well. So I think this team is it has got a bright future. Just this year is going to be pretty dark. <laughs> It's a glue. Yeah, it would be a bad time to uh, buy the lows, buy the dips on this team. And, Any player and that's going to be there in like three years, like that's the guy you need to buy. And it's not going to be Barkley, by the way. So the the NFC East, all the teams glowed up at least a little bit, one way or another. However, you feel about it, the Giants didn't. Not not for this season, at least. Yeah, maybe, maybe for their future. But okay, that was the NFC East. I. Pretty sure we can resoundingly say we think that the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Uh, Cowboys are Cowboys have just, a chance, obviously. just below them, but I still think that we all think that the, un- the Eagles are highly undervalued right now, and very much so. Uh, Giants going to be another top five year, it looks like. Uh, potentially, maybe a sixth or seventh pick in the draft, so that would be probably ceiling. Um, Washington, I think you're going to be probably a mid round team as well. If everything goes right, Carson Wentz did not go there to fail. So there's a lot of value in this division in fantasy this year. You got Schultz, you got Devonta Smith, you got Miles Sanders, you've got Terry McLaurin, you've got John Dodson, you got Kadarius Tony, Saquon Barkley. There's a lot of value to be had here. A lot of it's not going to be pretty, but we like value. That's where you win. Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas. Yeah. Well, next week we will be, I think it's the NFC West, I believe. So we'll be headed. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops, there. The king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Out there for next week 
Joe, if people are still with us through an hour and a half, get them out of here. If you guys are still with us, we love you. Give us some feedback. We want to hear it. Otherwise, have a good night. It's been a pleasure. Thank <laughs> you.